to act, what to do, and what to avoid at all costs. Rules have been the outline of my days, the parameters within which I have had the freedom to color and create. As long as I stayed inside the lines, I felt safe, acceptable, right. My family followed the rules. My mom relished her role as a mother, baking cookies, keeping our home clean and organized and running smoothly, creating and reading stories, sewing my clothes. Once a week, she donned her Boy Scout Den Mother uniform, navy blue skirt, tucked in blouse, yellow scarf around her neck. I thought all moms were like that. Dad was a hard-working man. Born into poverty, he'd pulled himself out of that pit with unwavering willpower. He worked his way through college, graduating debt-free and determined to provide a better life for his family. We were the center of his universe, the reason to knot his tie every morning, pick up his briefcase, slip on his wingtips, and go to work. Every day, Dad left the house at the same time, and every day he came home, like clockwork. We sat down to dinner together at night, talking about school and learning and the latest edition of the National Geographic magazine that sat on our coffee table. And we went to church. Every Sunday, we put on our best clothes, shined our shoes, climbed into our Rambler station wagon, and drove to church. There, we dutifully listened to a dull message about God blessing us when we're nice and good and follow the rules. The organ played, a choir sang, we recited creeds about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, which always gave me the willies since my mother insisted there were no such thing as ghosts. We'd file out after the benediction to shake the hand of the reverend in his dark robe and silk stole. The stole and the altar cloth were made of the same material and always matched. It was one of the rules. Scarlet at Christmas time, white at Easter. Very pretty and very right. When I was ten, my family packed up everything in our nice suburban home in California and moved to Germany. An opportunity had come up for my dad to advance in his career and expand the possibilities for our family. On weekends, the five of us piled into our Opel sedan and toured Europe together. Dad drove while Mom directed traffic, two backwoods farm kids relishing a world they'd hardly known existed. Reading from her stash of green Bedecker guidebooks, Mom insisted that we learn and discover our way through enchanted lands. When we got to squabbling in the back seat, Dad and Mom would pull over and set up a picnic on the side of the road. Salami and cheeses and bakery bread washed down with fresh apple cider. I thought every family ate Mom-made cookies while overlooking the Alps, the Riviera, or yet another castle. In Germany, I attended a small, prestigious private school. My friends were from nations all around the globe. Their fathers were diplomats and bankers and international businessmen. The popular kids spoke several languages and traveled to exotic locations like Portugal or Tanzania for vacation. They were headed to Oxford or Yale or the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Every student was required to be fluent in English and German and was strongly urged to master French as well. Our elective class choices were two. French, taught by a flamboyant Frenchman with a disdain for English, or study hall, guarded by Miss Maroney, our much-maligned math teacher. In that environment, rules reigned. No skipping in the halls, no derogatory names, no short skirts or straggly hair. 
We got black checks in the teacher's book if we slipped up and spoke English in French class. Red checks if we got an answer right. It was a world of headmasters and fancy lab equipment and diplomacy and doing well. Behaving. Being good. I felt safe in that world. I was instructed in how to be a good girl, and I rose to the challenge with no great effort or angst. I was 14 when my dad was transferred back to the States. When I started high school, I discovered that the place I'd left wasn't the same as the one I came back to. The rules had changed, and I didn't know what they were. I knew next to nothing about the latest fashions. The J.C. Penney catalog had been our trusty style guide while living overseas. Or the right bands, or the hip way to talk. In the early 1970s, cool was out and bummer was in. Guys were foxes and pretty girls were chicks. The new Farrah Fawcett hairstyles required blow dryers and...